So let's just pretend in our head that we had a Selena song intro. Mm-hmm. Da-da, da-da, da-da. Mm-hmm. A little washing machine. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Spin, spin, bustier, flat stomach, all the things. And yes. welcome to episode two episode of the Pocha Podcast. We've doubled our episodes. Yay! <laughs> Look at us. This particular episode, we're, we're doing a couple things. It's May, so of course we have to include Cinco de Mayo. Mm-hmm. Our um, Guerra de Nuevo is all about Selena because Selena, and there's no such a thing as a Chica Next podcast without talking about the Queen of Tejano. Have to. And because we're in New Mexico, we have to cover this. And that's the NM uniqueness of North versus South because there is a significant difference. There just is. And it's not just the food. Agreed. So, welcome to episode two. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And uh, this is the Pocha Podcast. And let's get started on the first topic that we have, which is, it's Cinco de Mayo, but it's also, we're going to talk a little bit about the border wall. So let's start off on the border wall first, because that's in the news, that's significant. And actually, living on the borderland, it's been in the news since we were kids, right? Right. But when we were kids, it wasn't at, for me on living. And I did um, the last time I was in El Paso, I did actually check the mileage. We lived two miles away from the border. And mm-hmm. I think in the first episode, I said three, but I was off by a mile. Um, so living there, there was no wall. It was just a chain link fence. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what it was like in the rest of New Mexico. I can only imagine back then it was kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it's always been a thing for us. There is never, I have never not known of having, and it wasn't just the river that, um, let's face it, is mostly dry, but it, there's always been a fence, a border, a, a, a presence, mm-hmm. always, always, always. So this is, this topic isn't new for us. This is a fanning the flames of the administration. Right. And for other, I, I imagine that people that don't live near the border, this is very, they're reliant on news that they hear or stories that come up on social media or things like that to try to understand what it's like, which sadly is extraordinarily deceiving. Um, like you said, it's just life. It's life here in the border. Um, people coming back and forth to work, to go to school, to do what they need to do, just to visit family. And knowing that that separation has existed, but more as a formality between country lines, not necessarily as now it's a division of the us and the them. So I think it's definitely changing. It's changing, in it and but it, yet it's been the same. Because one of the talking points and, and the rhetoric around the border wall has been, has been and continues to be, and maybe it's louder now than it ever used to be, but... Um, people coming up from the border when we were growing up it was Mexicans now it's um, people from Honduras from Guatemala from -hmm. different Latin American countries but one of the the talking points is how they're taking advantage of the United States right but if it wasn't for Mexico seriously we wouldn't have that kind of tourism at the border so who's taking advantage of whom 
really. We're taking advantage of the people who are working there for ridiculously cheap labor in the maquiladoras that make our Levi's, that make other articles of clothing, that make products for us. So who's taking advantage of whom, really? And I had this argument with my father because it behooves, when he was alive, it behooves us to keep Mexico poor Mm -hmm. in order for us to get things made cheaply. Mm -hmm. And when people are talking about how we have folks coming up from Latin American countries to take advantage of the U.S., in my head I'm like, "Mm, no, that's not the actual case. That talking point does not actually flush out because we take advantage of our Latin American countries in the South. So I saw a story on social media today that was talking about the liberal, progressive... Americans that are actually funding caravans of people coming across the border to help destroy America. So liberals are putting money in a pot to help these caravans come up here Mm -hmm. to destroy America. Yes. That's the dumbest shit ever. Because America needs brown people to destroy it. Right. America. We're not doing a good enough job on our own. Let's bring the brown people in. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But this is stuff that people believe. It is. Absolutely. Okay, so do you think that in our borderland area, so this is our lens of what we're seeing as brown people in our in our area, as bochas who have tried to assimilate in our area. Do you think that um, non-brown people who live here and who've grown up here believe that stuff too? I think some, I I think it depends what side of politics you grew up on. I think it depends what side of, and and we've talked about this before, but New Mexico is a bubble. We are a majority minority state. Most people are of color. Um, We're a majority poverty state. So it, the the differences between the haves and the have-nots are not as drastic as they are in other states. So I think people feel very connected and like, no, I would know if this was happening or if, you know, I see the I see the controversy, I see the conspiracy, I know what's going on, kind of thing. I don't know. I think it just depends where you grew up and how you grew up. Still, so. I would say to that, to, to, to the question overall is even people who have grown up here, and yes, we do have a lot of people who retire here, but for the people who have grown up here, there is, st- that are non-brown, there is still a, a, a sense of believing that stuff, even though we are in a rural area and we, there's, there's no real way to avoid seeing the fields of either chili or onions or cotton and knowing who does the harvesting, right? Mm-hmm. There's really no way to escape that. People have people know that, and the pecans in our area as well. Like a lot of that labor comes from pe- brown people who are immigrants. So it baffles my mind for people who have grown up here to to believe some of that rhetoric because they see who does all of this hard labor, and it's not them. And a lot of these families are making a lot of money off of it. It's just like the people in L.A. who know exactly who picks their fruits and vegetables and who cleans their uh, hotel rooms and who's mowing the lawns of the neighbor down the road. You choose not to see it because those people choose to see you and I as brown. 
they don't they don't even see the dude picking chile in 105 degrees do you think they see pochas as being brown no and that's the that's the pocha right because sometimes you're not brown and that's why i can talk to you and that's why i can roll up to your house with my trump sticker because you're not that progressive person you're not that brown person you're not that illegal person you're like me right and we can have a conversation Mm -hmm. and 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 that's just yeah i don't know and and we've been having a lot of these conversations one on one with another and also online because in our city we've we've had over the past several weeks approximately like 2500 um asylum seekers mm-hmm. come through Las Cruces and what that means because my partner and I did volunteer what that means is they and a lot of people don't understand what's going on even a lot of people who are progressive who've asked me like, well, what do they do here? How long do they stay mm-hmm. for these folks who are come up, coming up, coming here and seeking asylum? The process is they have to have someone who sponsors them. Right. And that person who sponsors them then pays for their transportation from whatever city they're in for, you know, 24 to 48 hours. And then they move on to that other city with that sponsor, and then they stay there until their next court date. So what happens when these asylum seekers get here, and in in Las Cruces in particular, because we had an opportunity to volunteer with them, is that they come, come here, they get checked if there's any need for them to have any kind of medical service. Um, They have interpreters to help out, um, get their travel arrangements done through their sponsor. The travel arrangements, once they're done, then there's volunteers who take them to the hub, which is whether it's like a Greyhound bus, which mm-hmm. is predominantly the case because a lot, I mean, their sponsors aren't, their sponsors are going to be super far away. We we helped uh, one set of folks go to Brooklyn. We helped one set of folks go to uh, Houston. So they're not going to be, not even really in this state. Right. And so for the most part, they're, they're going to be going through Greyhound because it's the cheapest. So they realistically this specific set of asylum seekers who don't have a sponsor, they stay here for not more than a couple days, Mm -hmm. really. So there's a lot of changeover. And people who are not outside of this don't know that that's the process. And people who have been living here their whole life in, in the Cruces area, not all of them, but there have been some people who have been talking shit about the people who are staying, they've been, there was a post on Facebook that was a blatant lie about. I asked you about that. So the post was basically that, so they're the asylum seekers for the Easter weekend. They stayed in one of our high schools here. Mm -hmm. And the, the Facebook post was saying that the, the place that they stayed in was left in, in, in terrible shape. Mm -hmm. There was feces on the wall. There was, it was, it was garbage hell and for real, I am like germy-ish. I'm not OCD, but I'm like, I just don't, I don't care for germs. And mm-hmm. if that was the case, as good-hearted as I may have been, I, I wouldn't have been comfortable, right. you know, helping out. But that was not the case. It was a straight-up lie. And I'm like, who the hell is this person that's, that's spreading this garbage? And the point is that it didn't matter because then that, it took off for it the did. people who all were either on the fence or already had an inclination to believe the whole it's subtractive. If they're here, it's taking from me attitude. 
were immediately all over that. Like my kids have to go to school there. Why are we, you know, this is not right. This isn't, why are we spending our good money and time and this and that and not recognizing the true situation of what was happening, but immediately ready to jump on and spread just lies, lies, because it's easier to blame this scapegoat other than it is to take responsibility for our own issues and our own problems. And this is where the, the second half of, of this particular topic comes in with um, the Cinco de Mayo, because we're so easy to, not we, you and I, but society is so easy to point the finger and no to the brown, but we will Cinco de Drinco for this weekend. Wear your sombrero, bra, party, drink your margaritas. Yeah. I heard, I was shopping for tools this past weekend, and I heard a lady on the phone who was talking to, she was from out of town. And the reason that I know that is she said she was, I'm in Las Cruces picking up some supplies. So she's, that you know, out in the That was a serious eavesdrop, by the way. Go she on. She was loud. <laughs> this is, this is the occasional white privilege is that everybody gets to hear your conversation in the store because you're just so loud about it, right? I like it. Mm-hmm. So she was saying, oh yeah, we're getting ready for Cinco de Drinco. Yep. Really? Like they don't even celebrate this in Mexico, but... We find that, and it's not just, here's the thing, is not it's not just the borderland area, right? Oh, like, yes, no. we have a ton here. Mm-hmm. There's even going to be a saturation of the, the police around here to, to, to catch people who are drinking and driving. Cinco de Mullet competition. Oh, God, you sent that to me. So you have to explain that part before we, go, before we move on yes, to the other one, celebrations. Is it a bar in town? I don't remember what it was. Somebody's having a Cinco de Mullet party. You can oh. rock your mullet for Cinco de Mayo. I don't even understand the connection. We should show up to that and have scissors. Yes. And just cut out, like, do, boot, do it. I'm doing you a favor. I'm doing Maybe you Maybe they're solid. trying to do two wrongs make a right. Let's celebrate Cinco de Mayo and have mullets. And then we'll be on the up and up? Yes. Oh. So what we did before we got here, my partner and I, I, I asked her, I was like, okay, what are the most Trumpian, like, build that wall rally cities in, in the United States? Just, just throw mm-hmm. some at me. So we looked up. There was um, an anti, well, not, a pro-Trump anti-immigrant rally in Pensacola, Florida. Mm. We looked up uh, Warren, Michigan. There was also a rally there. We looked up Little Rock, Arkansas. We looked up Minneapolis. We looked up Boise. I'm not like picking fun at any of any of these cities at all, but uh, Boise and Minneapolis in particular, they're the furthest away from Mexico. Mm. So I wanted to see if they had Cinco de Mayo ce- celebrations or events posted on Facebook. And, and every single mm. one of them had a Cinco de Mayo celebration, more than one Cinco de Mayo celebrations going on in their city, according mm-hmm. to Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, it, and these are places where build that wall was was totally yes, chanted chant. at, at, mm-hmm. at a rally and and it's like dude you can't on one hand be like make america great again where's my cinco de drinko party happening next but that's the whole part of the confusion and the pochaism and all of that complexity that we talk about because it's i want you around when i need you if you're brown or black or whatever I want you around when it benefits me. So this is a reason for me to drink with my boys, my girls, whatever, put on my $5 Amazon sombrero and my sarape and run around looking like a fool, 
saying ay, 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 and all this other shit that you think represents brown people and then take your shit off throw it in the halloween box in your closet and go out the next day put on your maga hat and chant lock her up it makes no fucking sense none whatsoever so i you know i challenge you if you're out there do a facebook Facebook search and find a city. The only city that I found that had only one at least event posted. Juarez. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually failed to look there. I should have looked there. <laughs> Alamogordo, New Mexico, only had one Yay, celebration Alamo. posted. But their county just passed a resolution yesterday that said that they wouldn't spend any zero dollars and zero cents helping any refugees that might go to that that particular county like if if the government asks them for help and one of the people i happened to be listening to this for work it's not like i was listening to this for fun lies so one of the people who was there giving commentary from the public because you know at county commission meetings people can can sit and get, give comment right so one of the people who was giving comment was like um when they when refugees come here seeking asylum, they need uh, they need to go to a city that is a hub for transportation. No one's gonna be coming to Otero County for <laughs> transportation True. via plane or True. bus because there's Zero. they don't exist because <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> and and that you could hear the the bird or the crickets chirping from the county commissioners, which like, makes it even worse because it's not an issue for them. They're just making a statement that we don't want you here. Right. Even worse. And the the chair of the county commission for Otero County is a pastor. Mm, perfect. Huh. Love all the people. Go Jesus. Go Jesus. Who was probably brown, more than likely. Yeah. So, but. And that brings up, that gets us to our next segment, which is the this huge diversity of what is New Mexico, and there is a big north versus south. So uh, just a reminder that we're listening to the Pocha podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. We're not normally, like, we got on our little box. That was very serious. That was. So let's bring it back just a second and talk north versus south. In New Mexico. In so for, New I Mexico. think we need to back it up even more, because in my little mind somewhere there's a dream that somebody besides our moms and like three friends are listening to this podcast maybe that don't live in New Mexico lies also lies I said in my dream in my little dream <laughs> and if that's the case there are a lot of folks who don't even know New Mexico is a state legit this is true yes we're the only state of the union that has on its license plate USA because law enforcement in other states don't recognize that this is a state. And there's a whole thing with driver's licenses. Like we have to constantly prove that we are of the United States of America. So just for history's sake, I, New Mexico was established as a state in 1912. So it's not like this was very recent and people haven't caught up to the news. I mean, this, you know, 1912. Um and the territory, the land of New Mexico was actually at one point controlled by the Spanish Empire, at other times by Mexico, um, even though indigenous people were inhabiting the land when settlers came, which made me think about settlers and what a weird concept that is. It, it made me want to, you know, when they have these like showcase of homes, I want to just roll up to like a nice one and be, and you know settle. what, this is the one. We're settling. We're bringing our shit in from the car. 
we're settling here. Like, who does that? How was that a thing? But that's Europeans. exactly what happened. Yeah, Europeans. They were like, you know what? Yep, we're here. Cool. Everybody else. You move your stuff. Move your we shit. This is here. mine. Yeah. It's weird. This so. history lesson brought to you in part by Prosecco. Prosecco. We like history. Amen. Um, so there is in New Mexico this history still of there's a Spanish influence in much of the northern part of the state. And I guess in the southern part, too, we were Spanish controlled for some time. But the closer to the southern part of the state you get, the more Mexican influence you see in the language, in the food, in, um, and even the way people just identify themselves. You will absolutely hear people in the northern part of the state saying they're Spanish or they have Spanish roots. And absolutely people in the southern part of the state identify as Mexican, having Mexican roots. Um, so it's very interesting. And I, I think they're in in the south anyways there's definitely a thought that there's some pretentious kind of i don't know what do you call it in the north people are more pretentious people are more i don't know pretentious is good i think snooty right just cultured more cultured spanish is refined versus mexican is not and maybe and maybe i'm saying that maybe i'm making a judgment call on that because i f- i'm at the other end of it where it's like i know that judgment of which you are using the spaniard you know it's because so. you say you're spanish as a value statement on i'm not mexican right <laughs> exactly yeah and that's so yes that happens north versus south and i i put on our talking points for this one, I put like colonialism, who assimilated better, North or South? <laughs> and I'll have to say that I think the North assimilated a lot better than the South did. Yes. Or did they? Uh, Is that just my perception being from, A, not from New Mexico originally? I'm, I'm a transplant for the you know mm-hmm. past more than a decade. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think you're wrong. Assimilation. And I think, so Albuquerque is very urban. Lots of folks in Albuquerque. And Albuquerque is kind of the dividing line of where the North It's the stands. dividing line. So I think Starts. there's both there. But you go Santa Fe and beyond, and it's it's a different world. Right. The closer you get to Colorado, the mm-hmm. just the more Spanish you are. Yes. Um, unless you go to the eastern, western side of the state, in which case... You're just in Texas. You're Well, <laughs> on the western side, you're Diné. Oh, yeah. We've okay. got the biggest population of Diné here in the United States here. Mm-hmm. But there's, even in the food, and even in food-wise, there's a huge difference between northern New Mexican cooking and southern New Mexican cooking. And again, it's it's a closer tie to uh, the, the Mexican roots that southern New Mexico has. Mm-hmm. And there was, when I was doing a little bit of, because not being originally from here, I don't know all of New Mexico's history. And two things that I found, one was funny and one was kind of appalling. So when I first did, like, you know, Google search of, uh, New Mexico history. Some of the some of the sites that I went on, the history that they have started in the late 1500s, meaning mm-hmm. they that particular those particular sites totally forgot about the people who have been living here right for since millennia. BC? Yeah, yes, since BC, <laughs> and and it's 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 just a slap in the face of mm-hmm. our indigenous people who. Um, 
who have to relive the colonization over and over again. So it didn't just happen to their ancestors in their history begins when the white people get here. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that when I was doing the, the search and when you sent that questionnaire to me to see, are you from the (laughs) North or from the South? And it asks you questions like, uh, what kind of chili do you do you prefer? Red, green, or Christmas? Christmas, green, um, always. <laughs> well, not always. Logo, Lobos or Aggies? I'm an Aggie, so of course Aggies. And, and I can't remember some of the other questions, but those questions are similar to this video that I guess it came out a few years ago, and it caused a stir because it was using it was using some stereotypes of North versus South, like for with like, for example, snow in Southern New Mexico, we don't get a lot of snow in Northern New Mexico. It's mm-hmm. a thing. Right. So how do we react to it? And yes, when in the video of North versus Northern New Mexican versus Southern New Mexican, the Southern New Mexican person was appalled at like, what's going on? There's this stuff falling from the sky Which and they're on true. their phone, but it's true. <laughs> It's definitely the school a shut down. It the does. roads shut down. People don't leave their house. Listen, Minneapolis. Yes, I know you're here. We get one inch of snow, and oh, yeah. the entire southern New Mexico county is like, "Don't go to school. Don't leave your house. The apocalypse is coming." True Seriously, story. that's what happens. No, and it's it's melted by noon, but still, but still. we have shut the city down. Exactly. Yes. And we, as a city, we haven't even planned for it, so we don't have any trucks that can scrape uh, snow or ice. We just have some. Take out your table salt and pray mm-hmm. is kind of the thing. True story. My little sister moved to Chicago about 10 or 11 years ago. And she said she was living with a roommate and the girl had lived there for several years or was from there or something. She, she was familiar. So the first snow comes around and my sister's just like, it's beautiful. Oh my gosh, our first snow, winter's here. And she's kind of just enjoying it in her own head, looking out the window and then she tells her roommate, like, what do we do? You know, it's snowing. And she's like, you go your ass to work. What do you mean? What do you do? But she was totally used to that. The city shuts down. Everything's done. And she's like, no, bitch, it's going to be six feet of snow and you are going to be walking your ass to the bus stop. It's not going to stop. Get galoshes. Unless polar vortex hits, you are going about your business. Yes. And that's, that's a, okay, so there are some truisms to the North versus South and that video, there are some stereotypes of, and I do every time we have monsoon season and five drops of rain happen. Yep, look for it because everybody's going to be posting on Facebook their pictures of the for five sure. drops of rain that we got. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's going to be at least 10 car accidents because of rain. Yes. Seriously. And it is stereotypes. Even talking about the pretentiousness and the everyone's an artist in Santa Fe and all of that. It's it's absolutely a stereotype. I think it it goes with reason that that stereotype is there for a reason. But there are a lot of folks who are not living that life that are up there and a lot of folks down here who are different. So so uh, scale of bochaism, north versus south. Oh. What's the scale? Uh, the scale would be, I don't know, just who's more. Northerners, more bocha I don't, than I don't even, th- they're, they're so assimilated. I don't even think they would call themselves bochas. That would be an insult. All pocha. Yeah, all pocha. <laughs> See, but that's Albuquerque. People might be pochas in Albuquerque. True story. All right. All right. All right. So speaking of pochas, though, that gets us to our que hay de nuevo. <gasps> because seriously, Selena was pocha. She didn't learn to speak Spanish until later in life. True story. Her dad had to teach her how to sing in Spanish to be the queen of 
Tejano. Like that, that, exactly. When I found that out, that blew my mind. Like, she didn't grow up learning Spanish. Holy shit. She's browner than I am, which is, in fact, true. But do you think that's why she resonated with so many people? Because she was the in-between? She was that mix. She was that assimilation and brown, pocha, all of it in a beautiful, fabulous sequin bustier? No. Okay. No, because she looks very brown. Even though she got a nose job, she looks very brown. <gasps> you just can't escape that. She had a nose job? Okay, that's a cat assumption based on pictures from when she was a kid versus before she passed away. And speaking of passing away, fuck Yolanda, because she took away one of our brightest stars. I will still but, never even like the woman who played her on the movie. I don't even know who played her on the movie. That one That's lady. just how <laughs> that one lady, <laughs> pobrecita, that that lady had to be typecast into that. Like bad casting. Do you know who you're going for? Yes. The lady who killed Selena. This is going to kill my career. You're dead to me. <laughs> but seriously, she was bocha. And I don't think it was because she kind of transcended. She was definitely brown. You saw it. You knew it. She did. If There was a... Um, there was a video that showed her singing from when she was a kid. So mm-hmm. like in 1980 mm-hmm. or so, all the way up until her passing. And she started off singing English mm-hmm. songs mm-hmm. predominantly, right? To be more sellable. The market. She had, right. She had to learn the Spanish right. songs. So I don't think there was, no, I don't, I don't think that it, she was in an in-between and, and she could kind of transcend that she was on the verge of it and I don't know how that was going to eventually play out. And I think maybe her death helped her English music skyrocket. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it would have done without it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if she true. would have made the, the pop charts without her death. No, that's a true story. And it, it is interesting because she, you're right. She started off in English, but the crossover was when she came to English from Spanish, not the other way around. Right. That was the original crossover. <laughs> right. So very interesting. And still like, La Reina, right? We all love her. Uh, And you're right. I think the tragic end to what could have been and all of the the dreams and the hopes and all the things. And and she looked like us. She was up there and she looked like us and she had hips and she had these... She wasn't wasn't 100% skinny. She was a little thick. She had thighs. She had an ass. Yes. Yeah. And she had... I don't know if she had a boob job, but... She was okay. Stop breaking my heart with this plastic surgery. I'm not breaking your heart. The one thing though, that, so I don't know if Madonna made it popular, but in my brain, it was popular because of Madonna, the bustier. Mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. sure that there was other, uh, I'm sure because it's Madonna, she appropriated that shit from somewhere else, but I don't know where. (laughs) Well, yes, that bitch deserves to seriously. (gasps) I love her to pieces, but seriously, she appropriated and she's just got to accept that as part of who she is. Anywho. So, wow. yeah, I've got, yeah. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to have a whole other Madonna uh, segment. Paris is up. Burning. If you haven't Soon. seen that documentary, you got to watch that because that's where she got it from. Wow. Okay. So, so anywho, so she did, so Selena did appropriate a white, appropriating probably an of color thing, the bustier. And I think that was her trying to be that kind of crossover and pull people in by using the bustier, but singing Spanish songs. Mm. And it was, it was not just your typical cumbia. It was like a hippie hoppy, like. Is a bustier appropriation? 
Really? Like that's the root. That's your roots. A rhinestone bra. Really? Well, no, okay. White so people? maybe no. maybe not appropriation, but she did borrow it from something right. that was already right. popular, popular, but yeah. popular, popular in another genre, in another genre altogether. Sure, sure. And I just want to when I was watching to refresh. Not that I need my mind refreshed about Selena, but because I'm from Texas and that was the like she was the thing. But I did watch some stuff to get to yeah, I guess just to refresh to brush up. And it occurred to me because everybody was talking about how she was going to be the first to do the crossover, and mm. I'm like. What is everybody shitting on Gloria Estefan? Like <gasps> she didn't do some crossover here, or is it because she Cuban or what? I love Gloria Estefan. I know. I'm just saying. Like, what did we forget about that? So what made me think about Selena? Let me tell you, is this whole the merchandising behind the Selena fandom, right? So, I mean, Selena's forever in my heart and mind. But what brought it up for me was that Forever Twenty One who is notorious for producing trash clothes and appropriating and stealing really great ideas from small businesses, especially people of color and whatnot, throwing some old English on a t-shirt and selling it for five bucks when folks are trying to make a living off being creative and being awesome. So they came out with a a line of Selena hoodies and t-shirts and whatnot, which are mass marketed super affordable and so people who love selena are like oh i'm gonna go get my selena hoodie so i was really curious as to know if the family had any kind of if they were in the know at all or or what was going on so it turns out they do they were in collaboration with them i don't know how much they had to do with the design or if they're making any money off of it or whatever but they they didn't know about it and they were part of it and um so then I start reading a little bit more and it turns out they have actually, the Quintanillas have sued a bunch of these little businesses and people trying to make like enamel pins or just different paintings or whatever and, and do their little business thing for people that loved Selena. They've sued these people or have threatened to, you know, because of the patent and things like that. But then they're backing somebody like Forever 21, who is this sort of cheesed out version of... Selena fandom so there was a lot of controversy about that but it turns out they are um coming out with their own line of Selena stuff that's their own branding their own marketing kind of thing coming out soon there's going to be a makeup line that's not affiliated with the Mac line that came out so was the Mac line not official Selena merchandise it so it wasn't the family's brand but they were also in collaboration with Mac so okay so they didn't have anything to do with the Mac cosmetics. But they it was did. Just, they okay, were so, so they did. yeah. The sister helped design some stuff. They were in on it. I don't. Again, I'm not sure if they got royalties. I'm sure they did. I don't know how that all broke down money wise. Um, and I hate to bring it down to money because in my again in my cute little naive brain, I want to just believe that they love Selena and want everybody who wants to still have a piece of Selena to have it. And that's not the way life is. There's money and legalities and patents and all this other shit that comes into it. I get it. So I'm not sure, but it, it just brings up a lot of questions. So, you know, you've, you've, you, you made it big when you have Mac cosmetics named after you, mm-hmm. but there's the knockoff at the pulga. Like that's Absolutely. how you know that you've made it big. For sure. Cause we were a, a mutual friend of ours was saying how he thought he scored by getting some, Ma- <laughs> some Selena Mac stuff no. over at the pulga. No. And, uh, as it turned out, 
it wasn't the real thing. And his wife was like, this is not the real stuff. <laughs> what is this? It was it Felina. It was Felina, not <laughs> Selena. <laughs> but I, th- I mean, that's the, that's the height of, what do they say? Flattery. Uh, go with me. Um, impersonation is the highest form of flattery it's or something, like, something that. like that. Yeah. I'm not that bocha that I remember all of that. I can't, I can't do Shakespeare for you. I'm not that bocha. You did last time. Except you for pantaloons. You carpe diem. Don't. And carpe diem. God, you have to bring that up, don't you? I'm stuck with it. Uh, I, I want to bring us full circle and say that um, this weekend in Cruces, I should say Cinco de Mayo weekend in Cruces, A.B. Quintanilla is going to be performing for one of our Cinco de Mayo festivities. Cumbia Kings. Full circle. That's how we get from A to mm-hmm. A to C. A to A B. God. <laughs> the later in the night it gets, the, the funnier we think we are. <laughs> Word. All this to say, Selena was amazing. I don't know what combination of bocha, mexicana, cumbia, bubblegum pop, bustier it had, but it was it was a magical mixture and I will I will probably be purchasing some of the uh some of, some the, of the products product, yeah. I learned to dance cumbia because of her. <gasps> the reason that I learned was at work and there was a gentleman who worked there with me who was like, You don't know how to cumbia? <laughs> oh, this shit's not gonna fly. So he cranked it and there used to be from 11 to 1, a Spanish-language show on the local uh, NPR station. Mm-hmm. Victor Ponce a las 11. <laughs> Seriously, on Caire de W.G. So he taught me. He cranked it up, and it happened to be a Selena song. And he taught me how to cumbia dance to Selena in, in the place that I was working at. I love it. And when she died, I found out while I was on the bus getting from NMSU to my job, <gasps> and I was bawling. Yep the entire bus ride and when I got there and the guy that I worked with he was bawling too and it was just like a moment like Mm -hmm. like holy shit I can't believe she's gone yeah I was in a car full of girls picking up friends going to hang out I don't know what we were doing in high school and it was on the radio I, I same I was crying and no one else in the car even knew who she was it was like people that I played soccer with. They didn't even know who she was. And I then I felt so isolated and sad. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> Poor one out. How do you how different do you think the world would be if she was here? Well, first, J Lo, who would she be? She would A dancer on just... in living color that faded away like the rest of them. <laughs> Once the living color left, she would have gone too. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, and then there's the other end of it, like, would there have been a scandal and it would have been like, you don't know, you don't know. But pobrecita, she went out on the, on the super, super high note. This is true. She did. Super high note. And in a horrible, awful, nasty way, greed and jealousy and all the horrible shit. So one of the other things that I remember from that, from that happening is at the time that she died, I was still in the process of like my coming out. And I don't know if Yolanda was, in fact, a lesbian or if that was just the rumor because she was the one who killed her. But either way, it was That seen. was a rumor? Yeah. What? 
what? That she was a lesbian and she was in love with Selena. Oh, right, right. No, you're right. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. And so, A, it was it was in a pejorative thing, like, mira, Manflora Manf- just did her in and all this stuff. And so mm-hmm. I was in the process of oh, trying to Manflora. come out myself. And I was like, holy shit, I don't want to be associated with this, like, short-haired no offense, Yolanda. Not good-looking chick who shot You can't offend Yolanda. She killed La Reina. I'm just saying. Like, I didn't want to be associated with that as a lesbian. It it freaked me out a little. You were going to be it stunted my a Selena murderer by association? <laughs> Those are the things that go through your head. I know this is going to be our gay June episode as well. But those are kind of some of the things that go through your head. Is like, man, I don't want the world to fucking think that every lesbian is like just as fucking crazy and and like if you don't if you're in love with someone and they're and they don't reciprocate then pew, pew, you're gonna wow. you're gonna off them serious that i did the pew pew noise you did pew pew <laughs> i i did make that connection maybe not that literal but i think it did stunt my outing for a little bit there not to come out because there is this short maybe queer the maybe not effect of Yolanda Saldivar yeah I didn't want to be associated with this like not good looking short lady who went off and killed our queen that was not something that I wanted to be associated with and now when she, when shit happens if there's anything that happens in the city if there's anything that happens in the country like there's another shooting xyz place no you're right One I of hope the they're not brown like, yeah I hope please, they're not brown please, please tell me they're not be brown. brown true thank you for reminding people that they're listening to Pocha Podcast and that even though we are very new at this, we are planning to still record into June. <laughs> into <laughs> June for so that we can get another 20 listeners. You know what? In a few years, we'll have like 80 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so, ta-da. So this is our thing for the week, our ta-da for the, for the month of May. And talking about all things news making, including, I mean, Selena still makes news. She's been dead almost 25 years and she still makes news. Yes. March 31st, 1995 is when she passed. And she still, she still makes shit fly off the shelf. True story. Even if it's at Forever 21. Even if it's at Forever 21. Mm -hmm. And she's still making people look beautiful with her makeup. And she still makes makes us think that we can dance the cumbia super well. And do the washing machine. And do the washing machine. And the, mm-hmm. the the entire country loves her, even though they know that she's brown. And she her family came from, like, her roots are in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And even with that wall, like, still, you can't stop the culture. Word. And you can appropriate it with your tecate on Cinco de and Drinco. And your sombrero. And your sombrero and your dirty Sanchez. <gasps> and I on that there. note. And on that note. Thanks for listening to another Pocha podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. Maybe. Okay, so how about this? Thanks for listening to another Pocha podcast. You're Charlene. And I'm Kat. There, that way you go first. That was nice. Oh, you're welcome.